0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Join Erica Busserhaney, international psychic medium and host of Whispers from the Heart Radio. Listen as she interviews some of the best psychics, mediums, holistic practitioners, authors, speakers, and paranormal experts in the country. Radio for your heart, mind, and spirit. Sundays at 9 p.m. CST. At listen live at coldcasepsychic.com. Call in, 619-924-0811.
2: Hello, guys. Welcome to Whispers from the Heart Radio. Uh, It is your host, international psychic medium, Erica Busterhaney. We are so happy to have um, got the show going this week. We had some difficulties, unfortunately, last week. So um, we want to welcome my guest tonight, which is Rita Sciano. She is a life coach, a speaker, and the founder of Living a Flourishing Life. Um, We're going to learn about how she went from the corporate world into uh, helping people change their lives, help businesses um, having more um, resilience and um, teamwork and uh, just creating a better uh, work environment. So if you'd like to call um, and speak with our guest, uh, Rita, and you can go to her website, which is Rita Shano, um, and that's R-I-T-A-S-H, I A N O dot com, and we'll have that available as well for you to um, download and click on that later on uh, within the broadcast. But welcome to the show,
0: Rita. Well, thank you, Erica. Good evening. How are you doing tonight?
2: I'm doing good. You know, we just had Irma in Florida not too long ago, and uh, I guess her uh, brother came in, Nate, um, and uh, you know, kind of did some impact on the Gulf Coast here. But we were luckily lucky in Pensacola, Florida, where I reside, that we didn't have any damage. Um, most of the people that I've spoken with had a little bit of tree damage, leaves and stuff like that, but nothing major. But I hear the other cities had, you know, had some flooding and whatnot. So I'm feeling blessed, as I'm, I'm sure all of our, our listeners are as well.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad to hear that, that you got through that. I have quite a bit of family in Florida, it was a tense time just staying in touch with them as they uh, a lot of them just took off and headed up towards Alabama just to get away from it as much as possible
2: yeah and and you know there were some people that had left Florida um I have lots of clients in South Florida, and some of them had left Florida, and some of them were going to to Alabama. some of them were going to Georgia, some of them weren't going to Mississippi and Louisiana, and Tennessee. Um, some people, you know, wanted to go to Texas, but they still had to deal with the aftermath of that hurricane. Um, so it's, it's been, a, it's been a, a time for this area. You know, I consider all of this the Gulf Coast. So um, fortunately, hopefully, we don't have any more storms that will negatively affect Um, The community and you know keep Everybody that has dealt with things like that In their prayers but um, I Just was uh, fascinated I had Got an email from you um, In reference to your your abilities And things that you do to help Um, And I wanted to just kind of interview You and learn a little bit about you because you know, we have a lot of people that are trying to, you know, they come to a psychic and then, you know, I have clients that come to me and I'm a life coach as well, but I find that I don't do that as much. And so they come to me and then they also need direction on how to make those changes in their lives. So I'd like to send them to someone different, like someone like you, um, where you can help them and help their organizations or businesses, um, you know, and, and just get a fresh perspective from someone else. So tell me, um, you started out in the corporate world. What were you doing in the corporate
0: world? I was uh, a vice president of a book publishing company in New York City, Business Books. So we did oh, wow. books on, on uh, different areas of law real estate law, human resources, environmental law, banking law, finance. And uh, I, I ended up in New York City when I wasn't working as a publishing company. I was singing in nightclubs at night because that was my true passion.
2: Oh, wow. Um, so, something that I can also envy. Um, can't sing a lick, but I definitely, definitely try. <laughs> <laughs> so you you were in a business world. Um, you know, what what was, I, I guess, like when I think of business, I think of all the stress and stuff that people have, um, you know, just in the day-to-day, especially in New York, you've got stock markets and Wall Street and all that other stuff. Um, do you think that you provide tools for them to kind of, like, help with that in, in a positive way? Is that basically kind of what you, you as a, a coach, uh, you know, your services that you would help them kind of, like, manage their stress? And what, uh-huh. what exactly would you do for them?
0: Well, one of the good things that I think is, works to my advantage, Erica, is I've been in the corporate world, and then I left the corporate world 20-some-odd uh, years ago. I left New York City. I moved out to a very rural area of Massachusetts, and I opened a restaurant with a college friend of mine, and we had a restaurant for 11 years. So I went a totally different direction. And after we sold the restaurant, after 11 years, I decided I wanted to stay self-employed. And so I understand the two different sides of stress that's related, whether you're working for a, a company, a large corporation, or a small business, Or if you're an entrepreneur and you own your own business, it's it's, it's two sides of the same coin when it comes to stress, except that when you own your own business, all the responsibility falls on your shoulders. So learning how to recognize your strengths and your skills, what works for you, what doesn't work for you, is really very much the key. So when I work with individuals or go to companies and do programs, one of the things that uh, I like to focus on is let's look at the habits that we have. What are the things that we're doing that we know work for us and what's getting in our way? And then I'd like to help people find strategies to change what I call the habitudes, those ways of uh, thinking and acting that don't serve you and affect your okay. behavior.
2: Okay. And, so, you know,
0: I was I, –
2: played around on your website, you know, just kind of looking at different things, and you're a a part of the National Speakers Association, you're a member, Um, and also, you know, you've written for the Health of Tim Post and um, just all kind of things, psychology today, so I mean, your credentials are awesome. So I wanted to to talk about the Robbins-Mains Strategic Coach Certificate.
0: What exactly is that? Uh, it's a program that's put together by Tony Robbins, you know, who you know is the guru when it comes to to uh, strategic intervention, and Cleo Madanes, and then along with Mark and uh, Magalie Pasha, they have put together several different uh, training and certification programs. Where it's it's a different type of life coaching because you work with what they call strategic interventions. It's all about finding strategies which. But the work that I was doing, that I do in resilience training, I felt it was just a very good fit because it takes a look at uh, the six basic human needs. You get to the core of what really drives a person. What is it that that really are the keys to their personality? Are they driven by connection? Are they driven by significance? Are they driven by certainty? You know, you get to the core of that, and within that training. Uh, and they have all different levels of that training. You learn from the work that Tony does through his videos. You do online calls with uh, with uh, Cleo and Mark and Magalie. You have the opportunity to do practice coaching before your certification even comes through. But it's pretty intensive. You have a lot of uh, a lot of paperwork that you have to do a lot of quizzes to answers, and and, and a very long paper at the end that puts you into practice. But what I liked about it was really during the live calls uh, to then have an opportunity afterwards, they would pair you up with someone. And I was paired up with a gentleman in in, uh, Germany one time and a woman down in uh, Brazil and another uh, woman in Guatemala and someone in Australia, and you do, you do your practice coaching with them. You spend a half an hour coaching them, and they spend a half an hour coaching you. So it really gets you through that process. But I have just found it was for the interest that I have in resiliency, in the skills and attitudes of resilience, their type of strategic intervention uh, certification and training just aligned quite well with the type of work I was already doing.
2: Okay. I, I, again, you know, going off your website, uh, the I actually was on your website, but you also are uh, liveaflourishinglife.blogspot.com. So people can get information, and I like that because you were able, you know, you were able to kind of learn a little bit about you as a keynote speaker, book a workshop if necessary, contact you personally, um, which I just did. I mean, I contacted you, called you right up. Um, then you had books and CDs and all of that also. But I like the blog. You know, I was I was looking at the blog where you have a video where you know it's like it's sitting with you. You know, And then you also have, um, I was reading, The One Door Closes. Um, so tell me what, what kind of made you, uh, I mean, you're a writer, obviously, but with the blogs, I mean, it's just free information that you've given and examples, and I just thought that that was really neat. So can you talk about kind of like the blog and kind of what you write about on your website?
0: Sure, absolutely. Well, what are the other uh, roles that I have in life right now is I'm also an adjunct professor at a university. and uh, So teaching people and helping people is just, I, I think it's really my nature. And a lot of my, my education and my early education and ongoing education started in the field of philosophy. And so that's really what guides me along the way when you take the writings of of the ancient philosophers like Aristotle and Plato and Socrates and Lao Tzu, everything that they talked about thousands and thousands of years ago, Erica, has become so much of the basis. You've probably read a book, read The Secret, and if you come into just the writings that are with that, these are the things these philosophers have been talking about for thousands of years. So that's been a field of study for me. Even before I entered college, I was just always fascinated by, the, by these types of writings. Uh, geez, I think I read the old book, of cybernetics when I was like 13 years old. So I've been always interested in how our thinking affects our emotions and how our thinking and our emotions affect our behaviors. And the wonderful thing now is, you know, within the last dozen years or so, neuroscience has kind of caught up with this. And we know that this mind-body connection is just so strong. I mean, you certainly as a psychic understand that. I mean, the work that you do is to tap into that energy, to tap into that that larger field of, of universal mind and universal awareness. So when I was looking to continue and work once I sold my restaurant and I had an opportunity to go back into teaching, which I was really fortunate. And then I just working with other people, it kind of was just a natural progression to move into the trainings and the workshops and the speaking because it's an area that I'm I'm passionate about. I think when people um, you mentioned you were on my my website, so you probably saw I have a workshop coming up in uh, just a little under three weeks now, on the 28th of October, uh, called Change Your Habitudes and Change Your Life. It's an all-day workshop. When people can understand that incredible connection that what they think has an effect on their emotions, which then creates another set of thoughts, which affects another emotion that we attach meaning to and make decisions about, and then becomes the outlying factors of all our behavior. And when you start to look at the patterns of your life and the things that aren't working for you, if I can get people to really go back and look at what are some of those early meanings that they created, the decisions that we make as children, when our brains really aren't capable of understanding, but the experiences that we have of children really shapes the way we look at the world as adults. And sometimes that's great, and sometimes that's not so great because we made made decisions, what we call in strategic intervention coaching, key decisions um, with a child's mind, with a child's understanding of the world. But that's our way of coping. Um, True, true. in in your in your work, you you must come across that all the time, I would think. Uh, with the way people people connect on a psychic level, uh, sometimes with with spirits who have passed, relationships that have passed, whether people are are currently with us or have passed on. it's that that mind connection which is just so strong.
2: Yeah, it's true. And, you know, there was something else, too, that I recommend that people kind of read as well if you get the chance to go to liveaflourishinglife.blogspot.com. Um, You know, we're always talking about the four-letter word. The four-letter word is not the bad word. It's fear. And I love how you spoke about that, how, you know, people, how fear controls us, how it can be irrational fear, just all of those different things, and it's so limiting. So if you get a chance, um, you know, definitely look at some of this free information because, again, you know, we talk to people about what is direction as an intuitive. This is direction. But then someone like yourself will say, "Okay, this is what you need to work with. These are the little magical steps that we can do to help you get to this and I agree with you a lot of times traumas um, you know circumstances I talk with a lot of especially as a, you know a medium, I talk with a lot of dead fathers that didn 't tell their children you know they loved them or they weren't there, or you know the mom that you know had them a pillar to post, and you know they were stunned in that emotional level, and so all their decisions, all their relationships. Um, are affected by that particular situation, so someone like you um a life coach um would be able to help work them through those things um I want yeah. to talk about the invisible man um paintings of the invisible painting the invisible man um if I say it right, which is your book um tell me a little bit about that and what made you write it
0: well, it's one of those things where the universe conspired uh, <laughs> I, I like that. <laughs> Well, uh, back at about 2000, I think it was 2004, I was doing some work for a company uh, that it was a company where uh, another musician and I had written some children's music for them. And uh, the gentleman, the other musician, his name is Jamie Nodertown, that's a really talented guy, he was doing a children's festival up in Syracuse, New York, which is actually where I grew up. And uh, the owner of the company that we did the music for, uh, she had called me one day and she said, can you do me a favor and just kind of check to see if there was any good publicity on the, uh, you know, on the music festival and if anybody wrote any good things about the songs that you two wrote for us. So I I went on the newspaper website, which was the Syracuse uh, Post Standard. That was the, the newspaper up in my old hometown. And uh, this was back now. You got to remember, Erica. This is back when the internet was basically AOL, so it was you dial know, you <laughs> up, yeah. So I went into the went into the uh, the, the website and you know, to pay for the article to to get this for my client, and I made a I made a keying error instead of charging one article, I charged 10 by mistake. And so I thought it was more of a problem trying to correct it, because every time I was trying to correct it, AOL kept knocking me off. And so I just thought, oh, the heck with it. I'll eat it. No big deal. So I retrieved the one article for my client, and then I thought, well, I've got nine other articles. It's my hometown. Let me see what's going on. So I typed in my name, and I found uh, an article had been written on me a couple of years ago. When my first novel came out, I had gone up to Syracuse and done a book reading at one of the bookstores in town that was having an anniversary, and I was one of the guest authors that night. And so I found that, and then I put in the name of an old boyfriend, see what he was up to, and found that. (laughs) That sounds familiar. (laughs) And then for. For some reason, and this is where I say the universe conspired here, um, I typed in my father's name, and 37 articles came up written where he was mentioned, all written in the 1990s. And what really struck me was that these were all written in the 1990s, but my father had died in 1976, and actually he was murdered in 1976. And these were all articles about a mob informer uh, enforcer talking about a a hit he got away with. And uh, that was the the, the murder of my dad. And so all of a sudden, I am coming face-to-face with my past. And, you know, I, I was 21 when I lost my father. And here I was now, you know, in 2004. I'm 49 years old and suddenly all of this information is there on something that at the time he died I didn't want to deal with. I left. I had just graduated from college. I didn't even go back to Syracuse. I had $16 in my pocket, and I moved to Boston, Massachusetts. It was my first time moving to Boston, moving to Massachusetts. Um, And uh, I, I just kind of avoided all of that. But truth be told, My relationship with my father was different, and uh, uh, it had affected just the way that I was moving through my life. I had a hard time with uh, relationships. I had a hard time with trust. Just all of these things came up. And then, again, the universe put another thing in my path. Uh, Not 24 hours later, my cousin Terry uh, called me, and she, uh, at that time, had a television show. She was TV's Mrs. Fix-It, and she was going to be in Springfield, Massachusetts, for a home show, and she called to see how far I was from Springfield and did I want her to meet dinner, meet with her for dinner. You're probably wondering why all of this has to do with anything. Well, <laughs> I met her for dinner that night. And see, here's the interesting universe thing. Terry, who is uh, several years younger than me, when she was in her mid-20s, met and fell in love with and married the defense attorney who got off the man who was on trial for the murder of my father. Wow. So now all of a sudden, here it all is. So I'm telling her about this, what I found in the newspapers. And I had never met her husband. I had no interest in meeting her husband. Um, It was just very tough for me. That's what I mean. I was very emotionally closed off and just having a hard time for so many years with just relationships. Uh, And and certainly that had gotten in the way of, of her and mine's relationship. So I was telling her about what I saw, and she said, you know, you really should talk with Jim. He would probably be very happy to talk to you about it. And we started reminiscing about my dad, and he was kind of a, you know, one minute you saw him, one minute you didn't kind of guy. And she said to me, Oh, I remember Uncle Al. I remember on Christmas he'd come over, and one minute he'd be there and poof, next minute he was disappeared. <laughs> he was kind of like the invisible man. And at that moment I looked at her and I said, painting the invisible man, I have to write this book. And wow. that's what got me started. And so I did end up um, meeting. I didn't talk to her husband, but they did put me in touch with the prosecutor uh, on that trial who is now an attorney in Albany, and I m- met and talked with him. He was with the Organized Crime Task Force, and I had a lot of information from him and then did my own digging. But when it came to the writing of the book, Erica, I I ended up, I wasn't getting emotionally honest with it. And uh, my, my partner said to me, you know, really, you're a really good writer, but this is lacking it's just not ringing from the heart. And so that's when I decided I needed to step back. So instead of putting the story in Syracuse, New York, I put it in Rhode Island. I changed the names. Um, so, you know, there's probably about 7 or 8% of the book that's fiction.
1: <laughs> um, but
0: it gave me the distance that I needed to really be able to explore that story and write it from the heart. And I'll tell you, it took me uh, three three years before it was completed and published, but it absolutely healed me. And I think having gone through that, that that is what makes me a good coach. Uh, That's what really makes me good at what I do because I have gone through that journey of knowing how when we have these habits, when we have these what I call these habitudes, these ways of looking at our lives and moving through our lives, that, aren't, that are disingenuous, that aren't honest, that are just muddled with so much years from childhood of hurt and anger and upset, until we clear ourselves of that, um, we can't have a full redemption in our life. And so I think that that's what gives me my honesty in my work is that I did the very hard work and I know that when you you do it, and you release it, and you understand what forgiveness is truly about, and it, it changes you. It changes you completely.
2: It's really neat. Um, as I was, you know, kind of listening to your story, and I didn't, I didn't get the Syracuse connection when I was, uh, when I was actually looking at your website. So I must have missed that. But you know, I t- truly believe in synchronicity. And so two things that are synchronistic, or a couple things that are synchronistic about this interaction of ours. Uh, my stepfather is from Syracuse. Um, I've been to Syracuse. <laughs> his his mother lived in Syracuse. Um, let's see. Me. Anthony oh my Baldwin God. is, uh, I think he was in Rock. Ch- no, he was in Syracuse. I, th- I think his mansion was there. He's related to me. Um, let's see. <laughs> my husband that I'm married to is from Boston, Massachusetts. In um, Brighton as well So it's like I'm listening And I'm thinking, hey, we're connected in many, many ways um, So that's oh really goodness. neat uh, Yeah, so I'm like, you know And my son actually wants to go to Syracuse University um, You know, because he's a uh, uh, He's into um, the computer science And all of that um, Cyber security is what he calls it um, He's a senior right now So, you know, we're, we're trying to debate Syracuse, Florida um, Or uh, Purdue in Indiana but you know, it's it's true. I think that you know, when you come from a place of understanding because you've been there, you bought the T-shirt and maybe wore it a little bit, and then bought another one. You're able to empathize and understand what people are going through. Um, so it's you know, I always say some of the best counselors are people that are have been in AA. They've had the you know the the experience with family members because they really truly know all all facets of the story and how to get people help, and, you know, you can't really BS them because they know the cravings, they know about those things. So I think it's really interesting that, you know, the universe placed you in this place, you know, at the right place at the right time, um, right information at the right time about your father, because I would say psychically probably he wanted you to to have some closure, you know, some understanding to move forward, and and that's just a good thing. Um, Do you know if he was like... um, was he found in the water, literally, like at some point?
0: In the water? No. He was yeah. on that out. Well, it was snowy because it was December, so there was probably snow on the road and could have been melting. That could be the water.
2: Okay. Yeah, because I feel yeah. like I was in the trunk at first or in the car, and then I just see that. Um, yeah. but, he was in okay. A car.
0: Okay. He got into a car with the people, with the person that uh, murdered him. Uh, who was okay. somebody, for him to have gotten in the car, he, he had to know them. and that, Yeah. You know, yeah. But, you know, interestingly, now here's my other connection to Florida. My father, um, my understanding is my father owned a home in Ocala, Florida. Hmm. I don't That's know if neat. that hits you, but anyway.
2: And so now I have a weird question, too. (laughs) Does your your name, um, obviously Rita, but do you, is there, see, my middle name is Marcia. um, And I'm wondering if for them to, for someone dead to be talking about your name, your middle name or something, was there like a change of your name or is your middle name or your first name connected to someone who's passed? Well,
0: my middle name, like most Italian Catholic girls, is Marie. But my first name.
2: I <laughs> well, usually my name is Marcia, and what's funny is when your name is Marie, they give me my middle name. It usually means like your name is Maria, or it means that you're connected to someone who's dead. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. No worries. Yeah. But, but yeah,
0: uh, but my mother. I'm named after two of my mother's sisters.
2: Okay, awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, so, um, you know, we talked about you being in the corporate world. Um, You know, someone like me, a person, you know, um, do you do a lot of personal coaches, like one-on-one, or is it primarily just like corporations and businesses?
0: Um, I do. uh, I'm moving more into one-on-one. I actually uh, opened up an office um, in town a couple of years ago, so I'm trying to do more one-on-one work and less travel. It's, it's, I, I just kind of want to not have to travel so much anymore. So I'm trying okay. to build more of the one-on-one business. But I do enjoy, you know, every now and then working with a company. What, what I really like is um, in an area of the business I'm trying to develop is I've had a couple of companies approach me where they've had uh, employees having their review. And they're good employees. It's just that there's some personality issues going on or there's just some bad habits going on. And so I like when a company brings me in and, you know, gives me, you know, four to eight sessions to be able to work with that employee to find out why are they not getting along with other people. Because they're good at their job, so they don't want to let them go, but they've got, you know, those those conflicts going on. And that I find, that's, kind of corporate work I really do enjoy doing.
2: Yeah, because sometimes, like when you look at, you know, I have that with a lot of my clients, and I'll be like, uh, "Don't quit your job." You know, you're going through some hormonal things. You know, you're wanting to be in control. You're micromanaging things instead of allowing the team to, you know, do, or you're trying to take over somebody's position. You know, you, you're, you know, you're in competition with, you know, who can do this better. And so, in teamwork, in working, you know, an organization wants teamwork, wants to get done. Efficiently. So I could see why they would want to try to keep their staff and have someone like you come in and, and kind of make the social changes and help them identify the things that they're doing and maybe find better strategies. Um, I also wanted to find out, like, you know, as far as social media, are you on all the social medias like the Facebook and the Twitter and all that other stuff? Yes. Uh, you know, I have a personal page
0: on Facebook, and then I have the business. Page. You know, the uh, more business-oriented page, which is Rita Shiano, uh, Live a Flourishing Life. And that's my, my big connection with people. And then I'm on Twitter and uh, Pinterest and LinkedIn and Google+. Plus, you know, so I try to get around to all of them.
2: Yeah, it sounds like you're on all the other ones. We're going to you're do a show intro Whispers right You're listening to Whispers from
1: quick. the Heart Radio with international psychic medium, Erica Busserhainey. Radio for your heart, body, mind, and spirit.
2: Okay, so um, let's talk about change in attitudes. Uh, Habitudes. (laughs) So say someone like me, you know, there there might be like a single event like in my life. Um, You know, let's say it's something in childhood that happens, a trauma or, you know, someone uh, tells me that I'm not going to be anything in my life or whatever that issue might be. Um, then it creates maybe some habits in my life. You know, may, maybe since they said I'm not going to be anything, I don't try as hard or I give up very easily or I don't have the confidence that I, that I should have. You know, um, or I might have abandonment issues. I mean, so when you look at that, um, tell me a little bit about how you teach uh, the, the – the, tell me a little bit of how attitudes would help change me or help change my life.
0: Well, certainly there's a process involved. We want to get to uh, kind of dialing back, you know, if somebody's lacking confidence. You know, maybe that's the first thing they come and say to me, well, I'm lacking confidence. And so then you would want to say, well, what's making you lack confidence? Is this coming from you? Is this something that you've been told? You want to get to what's at the heart of it. What is, what's the emotion what is the is the emotion that's attached to the thought and what's the meaning they created with that emotion? So say, for instance, somebody's been told, you know, you're not going to amount to anything. You don't know how to, you know, you're not going to be anything with your life. You, you don't have the intelligence or you don't have whatever it is. You don't have the, the energy or the looks or whatever. Somebody throws at someone to knock them down. First thing that I want people to understand is, Somebody is knocking you down because they're insecure within themselves. So how they're thinking really doesn't have that impact on who you are directly. It's a a projection of themselves. So then I want to look at, you know, you talked about the the, the four-letter F word, fear. Well, there's a lot of four-letter F words. There's fear and there's also also fail. So I want to find out where do people feel that they are failing in their life. Are they failing because in being told that maybe they're not going to amount to anything, they've gone to the extreme? You know, our personality's got to be balanced. So if we're not in balance, we're either in a deficit, which means we think poorly of ourselves, or we're in the excess of it where we get into hubris and we think so highly of ourselves that we're not operating from anything that's balanced. So if you have somebody who's been told that they're not going to be worthy of doing anything or won't be anything worthwhile, and they go to the extreme, a lot of times what they get caught up in is perfectionism. And so they're never getting anything accomplished because they're always looking to be perfect. And when you strive for perfectionism, perfectionism is an ideal, I tell people. There's no such thing as perfectionism because anybody I've ever met who's a self-proclaimed perfectionist is never gets anything done, and they're never happy, and they've never reached that bar because it doesn't exist. They worry, they perseverate, they're always knocking themselves down, they're all never happy with anything. So I try to get them to say, let's understand what resides right beneath perfection, which is excellent. And people understand what excellence means. And the more I can get them to reach a bar of excellence, then it gets them out of that that idealized way of thinking, which is unattainable. So we then I start to say, let's take a look at what you've done where you can say you were excellent. Tell me something that you accomplished. Tell me something from your childhood. Tell me something from your teenage years. Tell me something from your life right now. So I try to just always go through three time periods in, in a person's in a person's life to help them to see what they've done that's been good, and then to get them to then break it down. What are the skills? What's the attitude that they have? Were they good at this because they have um, what they what comes from the from their character? Is, were they good at this because they showed discipline? Were they good at this because they showed determination? Are they successful in these areas of their life because they have integrity and people respect them? So I try to find all of those character values that are the positive ones and get people to recognize it. You know, Erica, we talk so much about building self-esteem in people, but self-esteem to me is the end of the equation. We can have confidence, which to me can be fleeting. What you really have to get into is the middle part of that equation, which is self-worth. So the more I can get people to start to go through the exercise of identifying and acknowledging verbally in writing, what is their self-worth? What is the value of who they are? How do they see themselves? What are the strengths of their character? When you can start to build self-worth, then that is what supports your self-confidence. And self-confidence plus the self-worth is what equals our self-esteem. So it's a layered process that I take people through. I don't know if that helps answer that for you. That does. That does.
2: Definitely does. Definitely does. Because I think, you know, like you said, uh, we are taught in this society to – have good self-esteem, you know. But what really is that? I mean, is that looking in the mirror and saying today I've got makeup on and I feel pretty? You know, so people don't really understand what, you know, what self-worth is, you know, what their good quality. We always tell people, you know, you, you date someone, make a positive and a negative chart. Well, what about ourselves? Write a positive chart about, you know, we're good, we're moral, we're, Um, giving, we're, um, you know, we're intelligent, uh, we're true friends, you know, all these different characteristics. And it doesn't necessarily have to be personality types. It could just be, you know, just things about yourself that are good. And then you also will have, I'm sure, things that are negative about yourself that you want to make changes with or, you know, like you said, there needs to be some balance. So sometimes, you know, you can be a procrastinator (laughs) about some things as long as you're going to write a list and get, you know, get those things. And we're going to talk about, you know, procrastination and technology in a little bit too. Um, I liked, let's see, there was a quote that I liked that you had. Um, oh, what is one of the quotes, um, I guess that that you that you know you read or you you had heard of that has really helped you in your life? A
0: quote. A uh, uh,
3: uh, quote that helped. Well, there's uh, God.
0: I'm, I'm a quote queen. Um, <laughs> a couple one is fine. Uh, There's been a a, a number of them. The one from Aristotle is the reminder of we are what we repeatedly do. Um, That is a favorite quote of mine, Aristotle, we are what we repeatedly do, because, again, that's what gets us down to the habits, the habits that serve us and the habits that don't serve us. Um, After my father died, I uh, received a letter from one of my professors. I had now graduated and I was out of school. And I received a letter from her one day, just out of the blue, and I was very, very depressed. And on the front of the card was a quote by Albert Camus, which was, in the midst of winter, I finally learned there was in me an invincible summer. And when I read those words, again, it was just one of those moments. It hit me at the right time And it helped me to see I was in the midst of winter, but I did have an invincible summer within me. I did have, uh, I've always been a very, since a little kid, a very determined little girl. And uh, I had a lot of inner strength, and I had taken my eye off the ball with that because I was just very sad and very depressed about the loss of my dad. So that was a quote that really kind of turned me around at a very dark time in my life. Um, so those, those two stay with me. And, and then, of course, I always love Emerson. Once we make up our mind to do something, the universe conspires to make it happen. And that's kind of what I feel was happening with my all the stuff I found about my dad, was I was at a point where I was just unhappy. I was unhappy in my relationships. I was just unhappy with where my life was going, and like I said, those you know that that uh, keying error of just hitting the number ten instead of hitting a one uh, led me to find those articles and led me to to write that story and do all that self exploration. So of yeah. other people's quotes, those are three of my favorites.
2: Okay. And I, um, you know, again, on the website, com you can go, and she has inspirational products. Um, you can get T-shirts and posters and accessories. One of the quotes that I truly did enjoy, because there's lots of quotes on there where you can have these things placed on, um, you know, items, but talking about our problem is our greatest addiction, Break the Habit, Talk About Your Joy. So that's so true. We're going to go to the phone lines um, and pick up some calls. Uh, 706, you're on the air. Hey, Hello?
3: how you doing?
0: I'm
2: good. Hello? Welcome to the show.
3: All right. I was just sitting there and listening. My first time okay. um, listening, so... No worries, um, welcome to the show This is
2: Erica and uh, Rita is my guest tonight Would you like to ask a question?
3: Um, my question or is Or you can
2: just listen, it's up to you
3: Um, My question is um, Why I can't seem to get my life on track
2: What's your name, caller? My name is Sugar Sugar, I like that oh. <laughs> One, one of my favorite things that I need to stop taking um, okay, so let me, me just let let me just focus on you and then uh, Rita will probably pick up some information too because again she I'm intuitive and she does uh, the coaching to kind of help you move forward um, I just get for you that you know y- your thing is you wear your heart on your sleeve um, you have a grandmother I think that's your grandmother or your mother who's kind of like been trying to warn you about um, either taking people in your house um, or helping them financially it's the same difference but it's almost like taking from your home to help someone that you've been trying to help which is a male to me who's not a relationship but it could be a son or a, a cousin or nephew or someone that you've been trying to financially get on track because he might be going in the wrong direction and you're trying to talk to him or kind of help him but it's you're doing all this at a deficit to yourself, which is you're going out of your way, and it's kind of creating chaos and unbalance, as I would say, in your life. So I think when I focus on you, you're a good energy. I mean, you're, you're a loving, caring person, but I just feel like you keep finding people to fix and to help. And even in love, like I feel like, they're a little damaged in some ways, and your heart wants to help, but I think it just gets too, too hurt because it's not reciprocated in a lot of ways. Okay? Okay. So, Rita, would it's, you like to kind of give her some ideas about maybe, um, you know, small things that she can find on your website as far as to help with, like, steps? Because I think, you know, I liked your website because it's very it had us so much information just on how to change um, with little steps. So I'll let you say what you'd like to say to our caller, Sugar.
0: Sugar, what did you think about uh, some of the things that Erica said to you? Was there anything that really struck you as being very true that hit you on an emotional
3: level? The part about, well, um, um, I wore my heart on my sleeve. And um, I kind of help a lot of people, but she said it was a male, and I think it is mostly a female because the person that I help is my mother, and I can't uh-huh. seem to I can't seem to get on track um, just having a mother daughter relationship with her. But I try to go out of my way, you know, to let her know that no matter what happened, you know, I'm gonna be in her corner. And so I think, you know, she was kind of head on with it.
0: So,
2: so, so you think so that the relationship with your mom and you um,
3: is is kind of the issue? Yeah, it it, it kind of is because like she um she disabled, and I kind of like fought over my life, you know, to come in and, and help her out, and I don't think that she's appreciative of it. So I I, I you do I
0: understand that you don't feel appreciated for what you do.
3: Uh-huh I don't Why, I don't feel a...
0: in what what strikes me about this sugar is that um you give a lot of your life over to the care of your mom um which is really a blessing for her, and a lot of times people don't know how to show us that, how to thank us for that, but when you think about those moments when you are with her. How do you feel inside?
3: How do you feel about yourself? I actually don't I actually don't really know um about how I feel about myself because I really don't pay myself too much attention if you understand what I'm trying to say. Oh, I do because I'm not surprised you said that to me. So, um
0: if I were just meeting you for the first time like we are right now, and I say to you, sugar, tell me something about you. What is something about you that you really love about yourself? What do you want me to know? One thing you want me to know about you?
3: My spiritual side.
0: Your spiritual side? Does that mm-hmm. gives you a lot of strength.
3: Yeah, it do give me a lot of strength. Cause sometimes when I'm um, when I'm trying to deal with life situations, I I try to go back to my faith, and you know, I try to believe um that God then drop me off right he'll just leave me if I said that right.
2: I love you so. when you said that girl. That that just that hit home with me and I, I think, you know this too shall pass is, is what I would say to you. And and I've had, you know, lots of family members kinda of go through this where you feel like you're the only person maybe doing everything or, you know, there might be other people that could step up and do more. Um, And, you know, we always are told that you're going to get your reward in heaven um, a lot of times on earth, too. But I think that sometimes, you know, maybe like she was saying, try to find some things that you enjoy. Um, I believe that your mom does appreciate what you do. It just, to me, is frustrating for her being an independent woman at some point in her life to be dependent on you Mm -hmm. and others. And she feels frustrated, and to me, when she takes that out on you in some way, because I do feel like she does,
3: uh-huh. I think you
2: grit your teeth. I, I, I see you. I see you gritting your teeth, and you remember, and oh. that's your mama before you. You oh. think it, but you don't say it. And that's I just feel like it, that's the truth.
0: Yeah, I mean,
2: <laughs> I, I just feel like there's a man that, that man still is present. So I don't know if he's just someone who's dead who's around. But I would just say this. Bear it for now, okay, and just like she said, look at your qualities, look at your qualities, and look at the things that you're wanting to do. Find someone to step up and do something so that you get away. So you don't feel such resentment because I get a little bit of resentment in your energy. Yes, of course you've changed your life to come down here and take care of mom because that's what we're supposed to do. And she is blessed to have a daughter because I know some daughters and dads and and, and relatives don't step up like you have. So I, I applaud you for that. But also know that you need to care for yourself at times. And sometimes that's making a hard decision to say, You know, Riri, you need to come over here and help, and I'm going to go take care of some business. They don't have to know what business is, and you go do that and not feel guilty about it, okay?
3: Okay. All right, be blessed.
0: Thank you, sugar. And you keep telling yourself that you're strong in your faith and you are a strong and blessed and wonderful woman and wonderful daughter with a good heart and a kind heart. And I'm going
2: to keep you live listening, Sugar, okay? And I love that name, girl. I might have to adopt it, okay?
4: Okay. Thank
2: you. All right, sweetie. So so all those people that are listening, you know, sometimes we go through things like that um when we have disabled family members or ill family members and you know with with everything that you try to do there's you know and you don't want to have resentment or anger in the end, you know, as you're doing all these things, but sometimes that happens. And so, you know, you have to let other people step up because You know, even in my family, you know, there will always be that one aunt or that that daughter or someone who will say, well, y'all don't want to do nothing for mama, then I'll just step up and do it all. But you can't do it all. They need to be accountable for their actions and they need to do their part. So sometimes you have to use a little bit of tough love and say, you know, mama's going to be here. At, you know, Sunday at 5 o'clock, and y'all need to come here because I've got business to take care of. And business, like I told her, can be anything. It's not their business, what your business might be. But we're going to go to the phone lines, uh, 901. You're live with Rita Shomo, my guest tonight, Whispers from the Heart. Welcome to the show.
4: Hi, my name's Alicia. I'm calling from Pensacola. How are you?
2: Hello, Alicia. Hey. I'm
4: doing fine. How are you doing? Good. I have a question for Rita. Okay. Okay. So, so Rita, I'm going through a transition in my life right now. I've got adult children that have just recently moved away from home, and I'm concerned that I'm getting in the habit of taking the break between them leaving and getting on with it. So if you could give somebody advice or, like, one tip or something you could say to yourself every day to keep you motivated – and moving, just something simple so that I don't let this this kind of lull period turn into something more serious or that that lasts for too long, like something that you could say to get yourself going in the morning and not to procrastinate and just to get moving again.
0: Okay. Well, there's a couple things that, that, that came to mind as you said that to me. Um, how long has it been since your children have moved out of the house, since you've been on your own now?
4: the last one that left on Tuesday of this of last week. Okay,
0: on Tuesday. So mm-hmm. right now you're probably owing yourself a bit of a breather. So if you're taking <laughs> a little time to not be very active, that's okay because you have been taking care of people for a lot of years. So that little yep. breather is all right to take and and don't, you know, don't look down on yourself or because maybe you just wanna relax for a while. That's an all right thing. And something you deserve and something you've earned. But if you're concerned about not uh getting into a rut because you don't have all these people to take care of, um, when I hear what I hear is that um your attention has been on the taking care of people and now you have to figure out how to take care of you. Does that ring a little true?
4: It does, mhm.
0: Okay. What do you enjoy doing?
4: Oh, I I enjoy doing, well, I I started early. I started writing down some things because I knew this time was coming. It was just time. And so I wrote down some things that I thought that I would enjoy. Um right now I'm just lacking the motivation to do those things. Okay. Like I just Yeah. So so I've got things like spending time with my animals, I'd like to travel, I've got some business projects, different things like that. It's just Every every day, I keep telling myself I can start tomorrow.
0: Okay. Um, one of the things I, I I would suggest is if you you've already said you've already written down the things that you want to do. Are you are you working or are you no longer working?
4: I, I work from home. I'm self employed.
0: You work. Okay. What what do you do?
4: Um, essential oils actually. I'm an essential oh. oil distributor, and I have a couple of other side projects going on.
2: Okay, wonderful. And what is your essential oil uh, website?
4: It's Just something it to it help oily plug dot your com. business.
2: Thank Say you.
4: Keepingitoily.com. Keeping it
0: okay, awesome. I'll check yeah, it out. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So uh, now think of the things that the skills – let's talk about the skills you already have that get you to do your business. Being self-employed, you've got to be pretty disciplined. So you already know how to set a schedule for yourself. You make your own oils, yes?
4: I don't. No, no, no. I distribute for, for a company. You
0: just distribute. So do you have mm-hmm. to go out on business calls? Is it web-based? How, what's your procedure for distribution?
4: I I do in-person classes, and then the majority of the things I do is online. So um, I advertise via Facebook and Instagram, and, um, you know, I've got a team, and so the majority of the things that I do is online, which is makes it very easy to just do it from home. But I've got some oh. other side things that I'm working on that I, I just need. Like I, I read somewhere about someone who counted down almost like a spaceship and they launched themselves out of bed every morning <laughs> to do things, and so I'm just kind of looking for something, some little trigger, some good thing well, to stay on task.
0: One good thing to do is, Every evening, before you go to bed or at the end of what is your at-home work day, make a list for yourself of um, actually, let me back that up. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You make a list for yourself of some three things that you would like to do the next day, three things that you want to accomplish. And don't let them all be work. Let something be fun. Let something be something you enjoy doing. Um, in order to really... I like that. One of the... And, and if you can start doing this just the night before, a really what you really want to work with, because this is, this is about time... This is a time management issue, um, is that what, because you have different businesses, I would really suggest that you make it a habit either on a, a Friday or on a Sunday, okay? Either at the end of the week or at the start of the week so look at the week that you have coming up ahead. Do you have appointments that you have to attend to? Uh, do, you have, uh, do you have a schedule as to when you post on social media? To write out what your week looks like. Just put it all down. And then you want to break it down in what we call a Kaizen method. You want to break it down into incremental steps. So now you look at Monday. And you say, okay, of the list of things that I know I need to do and want to do this week, what are the first things that I can do on Monday? What are two or three items that either are time-specific, I have an appointment, or things that I want to, I want to start to tackle and you want to always look at the things that if you get this done, it'll help you get something else done on Tuesday or something else done later in the week. But making that list and having it right where you're going to see it, first thing in the morning, is really important. We need to take we need to have those visual reminders. That always helps us to get something done. So when we when you hang up from this call and when the show is over tonight, I I really suggest you just grab a pen and a piece of paper and think, what do you want to do tomorrow, just for tomorrow? Is there some work that you need to attend to? Is there some place you've wanted to go, someone you've wanted to call, a movie you wanted to go see, a ride you wanted to take, anything? Just what would you like to do tomorrow? Let's write your list for you right now. Three things you want to do tomorrow. I like you, Rita.
4: Um,
2: So tomorrow – I'm going to just jump in because we we have like two minutes or so, but I want to make sure that we get her website out, Rita Shalmo, Shiano.com, and I'll have that in uh, the links. But um, one thing that I want to make sure that we mention um, is on your website you talk about how to make change. And what um, what is stopping us, and you said past patterns, attitude, commitment to change, preparation, action, um, mm-hmm. and uh, maintenance of the action. So you yep. can't only do it, but you've got to maintain it. And definitely journal. Why not? You know. And one other thing, too, because like when we get frustrated um, and we're going through things, I love this. Tears are God's gift to us, our holy water. They heal us. As they flow, so just remember, no matter what you 're going through, if you 've got some tears falling down, that's god's, that's god's gift to us it's holy water, it's healing, um, you know, and, and just I wanted to make sure we talked about that, but um, we're probably going to be disconnected really soon. Rita, what's the number someone you know live listeners want to call you maybe tomorrow and get some of these services? What is the number that they can reach you
3: at?
0: Uh, they can reach me at 774-230-5670. Or they can also send me an email if they don't feel comfortable calling at Rita, R-I-T-A, at com. That's R-I-T-A-S-C-H-I-A-N-O.com.
2: Okay. And Alicia, so you have a list to write tonight. And, and I totally, like I'm laughing about this because I know you and we just talked about this not too long ago. Just plug that website one more time before we go off. Okay.
3: Okay.
0: r I T A S C H I A N O Dot com.
2: Okay, and if you would, Alicia, tell us your website if they want to get some Young Living
4: essential oils. Um, where would they go? It, it's www.keepingitoily.com. And thank you, thank you so much. I'm working on my list. Thank you, Rita. Okay, right. hey, I
0: want you to email me your list. <laughs> I okay. will do it. I'll well, do it. Okay. All right, guys.
2: Um, it's been a pleasure having you. Um, the show is. Really <laughs> And uh, Rita, thank you so much for being our guest. And uh, you Erica, be blessed and. Thank you. Yeah, it was really fun, and I like that we have a lot of commonalities. You have a great okay. be blessed. Okay, good night. Thank you. You
0: too. Stay in touch. Bye
2: bye. We'll do. Thank you.
1: You're listening to Whispers from the Heart Radio with international psychic medium Erica Busserhaney. Radio for your heart, body, mind, and spirit.
2: We'll see you guys next Sunday. Uh, It's going to be the same time, 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, bringing you another guest that will be awesome. Um, We will be taking live call-in readings as well, so make sure you join the
0: show. Be blessed. God bless. Thanks. Bye-bye.